At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome the New York City Cats presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Thursday show for you. Reed Wallach is going to join us. We will talk about the Mets, the NL East race. He's also obviously a big Nets fan, if you remember from past times we've had him on. So we'll talk about all the Durant stuff, the betting impact of that. And I think he's got some college football week zero picks as we are just a couple of days away from college football kicking off on Saturday. The games aren't great, but look, it's college football. It's on TV. You get to watch it. You get to bet it. I don't know why they don't just go all in week one they have this sort of appetizer week where they give you seven or eight games that are sort of nondescript but college football will be back we'll touch on that for a minute uh we're going to start with the baseball as both teams were off yesterday surprise surprise the braves won so the mets lead is down to one and a half the mets today this has to be the biggest favorite of the season minus 440 at bet rivers total is seven Degrom is on the mound that is just an astronomical price i'm trying to think of what was a higher price i know the blue jays if you remember a month or so ago, six weeks ago, they played the Royals in Toronto, and a lot of the Royals weren't vaccinated. They had to call up nine or ten minor leaguers, and the Blue Jays were minus 380, 400 in some of those games. And the Royals actually beat them, I think, that first game, and then the, the rest of the games were actually close. The Royals played them pretty tough. But that was the biggest one. You don't see, I mean, with the Dodgers, you see minus 280, minus 300, anything over minus 300 is an astronomically high line in baseball. Minus 440. This is about as high of a line as I can remember in any year. So if you're going to play it, here, here's what you do at Bet Rivers. They have this prop at, at Bet Rivers. Mets score the first run of the game and win minus 157. That's actually playable at minus 157. You can't lay the minus 440. Uh, and 
we will get to the Mets schedule here and what they need to do to win the division. The schedule is very easy, so we'll get back to the Mets. The Yankees, not much of a story right now. They sort of stabilize things. They've won three in a row. Toronto and Tampa have played well this week, so they haven't opened up any more ground. They are still seven up here in the loss column. Still in good shape. They are minus 210 at Oakland. Total seven and a half. Tyone pitching for the Yankees against Kaplan, who is a former Yankee prospect. Boy, I never trust the Yankees in that building. I just don't. That's been a... All these places on the West Coast have just been a house of horrors for the Yankees over the years. I remember they actually pl- remember they had a, a 13 or 14 game win streak last year. They went into Oakland. Oakland beat them. Oakland was a little better last year, but it's just always been a tough place to play. Now, again, the, the team is bad in Oakland. That's the most important thing, but I, I don't love the Yankees this number. If you're looking for a play, I mentioned the Mets to score the first run and win the game. It's minus 157 as uh, you know the Yankees here, big favorites, the Mets big favorites. What you could do... Yankees money line, Mets money line, Vanderbilt in college football over Hawaii. Hawaii's supposed to be terrible. You could parlay those three together at Bet Rivers and get plus 140. And that would be my bet. I, I do think the Yankees win. I don't trust them at this price. You can't lay the minus 440. I think the prop of score first and win is, is decent, is playable. And then I will add, uh, you know, put the Yankees in a money line, Mets in money line, and Vanderbilt money line all in a parlay, and you get plus 140. To, uh, to tie in some of the bets. The bets have been good here, so I don't want to play stuff just to play it, and I don't love these numbers, but that parlay, look, the Mets are going to win. They'd be shocked. You never know in baseball, DeGrom could lose 2-1, to one, so I shouldn't say that, but figure the Mets win today. The Yankees, that's they're overpriced at that number. Stanton will be back, which helps, but with their bullpen, that, that's overpriced. But that's not a bad play. Just throw them all into a parlay, get plus 140, I don't think. You have to worry about Vandy losing to Hawaii. And then if you really want, you can get that game's not till Saturday. If the Mets win, Yankees win, you can just buy back and bet Hawaii plus the points and set up a nice little middle. So that would be the play there. But the Mets are the story is their lead is now down to one and a half. I mean, it was 10 and a half, I think June 1st. The Braves came all the way back, cut it to a half a game. The Mets counterpunched, got it back up to seven in the loss. We're in great shape. But the Braves just never lose. The Braves just never lose. The Mets beat them 4 out of 5 early August at City Field. Braves have lost two games since. They lost one to Houston. And they lost one to the Mets. And that was it. They've just killed everybody since. They buried the Marlins. They buried the Pirates. Beat Houston 2 out of 3. Beat the Mets 3 out of 4. They are just a really, really good baseball team. You can make the case they're the best team in the league. I know the Dodgers are the Dodgers. But with their pitching, their lineup, their speed, they're just a great baseball team. But let's look at the records here and what you're going to need because we've been referencing this easy schedule for the Mets. And let's just set it up. The Mets are 79 and 46. They have 37 games left. The Braves are 78 and 48. They have 36 games left. So let's just go through this here. The Mets, we mentioned it's an easy schedule. Let's go through it. Four games against Colorado, three games against LA. Three games against Washington. Those are all at City Field. So the next 10 games for the Mets are at home. Obviously, three with the Dodgers are tough, but the other seven are cupcakes. After that, six on the road. Three at Pitt, three at Miami. Then they come home for seven. Three versus Chicago, the Cubs. Four more against the Pirates. Then they are at Milwaukee for three, which is not easy. At Oakland for three, which isn't isn't hard. I mean, Oakland's not a good team, as just mentioned. Then two games home versus Miami. Three games at Atlanta, and then they finish the season three games home against the Nationals. So let's just go this. Let's just do it, I guess, series by series here and just sort of be realistic in terms of 
what we project, what's fair, and we'll come up with a final record here. Four games against Colorado. Uh, I'll give them three out of four. Three games against L.A. I will give them either two out of three or one out of three. I'll say the Dodgers win two out of three. I'll be fair about this. So I say the Mets lose two out of three there, but I'll give the Mets a sweep in the three games against Washington. Three games at Pitt. Um, I'll give them two out of three. I'll give the Mets two out of three. Three games in Miami. I'll give the Mets two out of three again. I think I'm being fair about this. This is just what I what I would predict the most likely outcome. I, I, again, you can say whether you're going to lose two out of three in Miami. I think giving them two out of three in Pitt, two out of three in Miami is fair. Three home against Chicago. I'll give them two out of three. I could give them three. I'll give them two. Four home against Pitt. I'll give them three out of four. They should beat Pittsburgh three out of four. Three at Milwaukee. Uh, you can't win every series. I'll give them one out of three. I'll say Milwaukee wins two out of three there. I'll give the Mets two out of three at Oakland. Two games home against Miami. Should I give them a split or should I give both to the Mets? That's a tough one. I'll give them, I'll give them both. I'll give both to the Mets. Three at Atlanta. I'll give, I'll give the Mets one. I'll say Atlanta takes two out of three. But then I'll say the Mets sweep Washington again. So I'm giving the Mets 6-0 and against Washington, which, look, Washington's really bad. The Mets have killed Washington. They should win at least five. But I am giving them losing series against L.A. at home, and I'm giving losing series at Atlanta, at Milwaukee. So I think I'm being fair about it. I think I'm being fair about it. That would give them 26-11, and 11, their remaining 37 games. That would give them 105 wins. And remember... There's no tiebreak game anymore. It's just who has the best head-to-head -head record. So if Atlanta and the Mets have a better head-to-head -head record, uh, if the Mets and Atlanta finish tied, it comes down to how they did head-to-head, -head, sort of like in football. That's the tiebreaker. Right now, the Mets are up 9-7 in the season series. So if they win one in Atlanta, they will secure that tiebreaker. So if you can get one in Atlanta and win the tiebreaker and get to 105 wins, that will make Atlanta have to go 28-8. and to get to 106 and beat you. That's not going to be easy. Now, with the way Atlanta's playing, it's not impossible. It's really not. But if the Mets, and again, I think I was pretty fair there to give them 26 and 11. It's a very, very soft schedule. That would make Atlanta have to go 28 and 8 to beat you. And look, the loser of this division is going to win 102, 103, maybe 104 or five games. I mean, they could both finish with 105 or 106, and the Mets win it on a tiebreaker, which is a tough pill to swallow if you're the Braves or whoever loses the division. You win 105 games, and you don't win the division. That's a tough one, but sort of the way it goes, sort of the opposite of last year where the Mets were mediocre but leading division because nobody else was good, and then Atlanta played well and won it. So easy schedule. Just thought we'd give you a rundown there of, you know what they're going to have to do, what they they should do, what they're what you know what the likely outcome here is, and I do think that uh, 105 is probably the number, somewhere in that 104 to 106 range. I'll go with 105, and I think that'll be enough to win the East. They are now minus 300 at Bet Rivers, Braves plus 250 to win the East. If I had no bets, I would take the Braves just because they're only one and a half back. They're playing well, but I do think the soft schedule here for the Mets is enough to get them home and get them this division. To discuss this more, though, we'll get Reed Wallach's thoughts. He's from Betside. He's a big Mets and Jets fan. He's a really good better. So we'll see what he has to say next. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Kickoff football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. All season long, Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all football related content. Check out betrivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app for the latest odds, unique promotions, player props, and more. 
Every week, BetRivers has unique football specials to help you win big. Cheer on your favorite teams and back your favorite players with BetRivers. It's a whole new game. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, and he is back. Reed Wallach from BetSided, Mets fan, Nets fan. Got a big smile on his face. He's very relieved after his boy Kevin Durant is staying after much consternation. Reed, what's going on, man? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, I'm happy I can come on in a like a happier time. I feel like the other times I've been on, it's been like crisis mode. Like, what am I doing here? Like, I'm all over the place now. It's like a like sigh of relief. I could relax now. Yeah, uh, great week for me. Uh, Kevin Durant staying. I, I and I know we were chatting offline well about it, but it really seemed like the walls were kind of caving in on this trade request, which I will still say, I it's still my biggest gripe. I still don't know why he actually requested the trade. It's kind of like the lamest trade request in NBA history, in my opinion. But I was, you know, chatting around at the beginning of August after, like, Durant says he wants Marks and Nash fired. And I said, like, I was asking, like, what set odds that Kevin Durant's on the Nets for game one? And, like, my, I guess, like, spicy take was like minus 200 on the Nets. Like I thought there was like a 60-40 chance he stays. I got a myriad of answers. You said minus 110. Someone I know that like kind of is somewhat like secondhand plugged in said like literally no chance he's going to the Celtics. Someone said plus 500, so on and so forth. I was like, we just kind of think at this point, a month out from the season or training camp at that, uh, for that matter, he's just going to, a team is going to give up a, a Lions uh or a treasure chest of assets to go get them. Like these teams like Boston, even Golden State, if you want to throw them in there, like they're going to run with their team. Now they are cool. They are a month out from training camp. Like Boston's not going to mess with their mojo this far into the off season. They're ready to go. So to say, I'm surprised. I, I won't say I'm surprised. I'm more just relieved that this is over with. I am and for now. We'll see what happens, but yeah, it just seemed like this was the only real resolution for him, which is what we've been saying the whole time. The Nets have a very good team that is maybe not a title contender right now, but they easily could be come playoff time. So, you know, let's go and let's hope he could, you know, put his differences aside with whoever and go and play basketball with the guy he wanted to play with. And I guess not really the coach he wanted to play for, but whatever, that's besides the point. <laughs> All right. You're too happy. You're too relaxed. Let's let's give you some anxiety before we get back to Durant. Let's give you some anxiety. You're also a big Mets fan. Yes. How nervous are you? Let me ask it this way. How many wins will it take to win this division? They are sitting here now uh, where, look, I think they are 76 and I'm pulling up. No, 79 and 46. 79 and 46 is what it is with 37 games left. How many yeah, wins to do win the division? Yeah, 125. So that, no, that's 1.1. No, that can't be right. Is it 50? That's how many games are left? No, seven games left. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to take to win because the I it's like 105. No, more than that. Well, you're in the ballpark. I think the, yeah. I, I did the math. The Braves don't it. lose. The Braves actually do not lose. It's the craziest thing. I We've been chatting about this. I, Regardless of the division, I'm much more afraid to play the Braves than I am the Dodgers in a playoff series. I I know the Dodgers have like this, the nastiest lineup, but there's something about the Braves that are just absolutely petrifying. I think they're the best team. Really? So what? So do you think the Braves win the division? No, I. It, 
it sounds counterproductive. Like, I think the Braves are the best team in baseball, but I still think the Mets are built more for the postseason, if that makes sense. I know that sounds counterintuitive. No, but it like, doesn't. The Braves are the best, most talented team, but the Mets could still beat anyone in the playoff series when you have DeGrom and Scherzer healthy. I just would what rather you- see the Dodgers. I don't trust the Dodgers pitching whatsoever. Neither do I. Getting May back helps because May's a guy that can miss bats and throw 100 miles an hour. Yeah. You know, these Tyler Andersons, Gonson's a good pitcher. Gonson might sneak up here in the Cy Young race if, if Alcantara can I'm not struggle. buying that. Not buying it? No. He, he He's 50 innings behind Alcantara. I think yeah. I think it's like, I guess it could get interesting. I know we're going off topic. The Cy Young, the NL Cy Young race could get like slightly interesting. Maybe I'm just like super biased because I have some, I have Sandy tickets at like seven to one, I think, but. I know he's a tough stretch coming up, but I don't think it's really that close. I think it's Sandy's. The only person I think that actually deserves some consideration is Edwin Diaz. But, like, Gonsolin is so far behind Alcantara. And, like, every statistic, like, his ERA is slightly better, but he's also pitched 50 less innings. Could Freed steal it? I thought a few weeks ago now, he's had a couple of rough starts. I thought Scherzer was in position where yeah. the narrative, he pitched that great Saturday night game at home against the Braves. He hasn't pitched well since. I thought Scherzer was in position. He's drawn dead now. Yeah. Uh, Burns pitched badly last time out. I, I remind people this all the time. Not quite this time last year, but very late into the season, post-All-Star break, Robbie Ray was 100-1 to to win the Cy Young, and he won it. And if you remember this time last year, Tatis was like minus 300, yeah. minus 400 to win NL MVP. Harper was 30-1 to to win MVP mid-late August. He won it. So we're, we're running out of games, but it's the same point. 37, 38 games left, almost a quarter of the season. Yeah. A lot can still change here. Yeah, but back to the Mets division. I do think they hold on because their September is very easy down the stretch. And I think that they – listen, the Mets, I mean, they have what? The third best record in baseball? I know the Braves are catching up with them, but big series for them against the Cardinals. And the Mets got the Rockies. So, I mean, if the Mets are able – you know, they're very capable of taking – what, is it a four-game series? Probably, right, because today's Thursday. So, yeah, four-game series against the Rockies. Take three or four, Braves split, go two and two. All of a sudden, you're back in the mix here. Or maybe Braves are three games. But you know what I'm saying. I think the Mets are, with their easy schedule, able to hold the line. To me, it's more about, you know, I think the Mets roll through the NLDS. um, Five games with, I mean, DeGrom and Scherzer pitching early. I think that they're able to get through that. It's who do you see in the CS? And I just, I'd much rather see the Dodgers than the Braves. I'm still I'm still bullish on this Mets team. I'm not like jumping off. I mean, listen, we made it this far and we haven't uh, relinquished the lead, so keep it going. So no concern for you in terms of blowing the division, or I mean, it's it's down to Wait, a game. Is and it a half blowing the division? The Braves don't lose. Yeah, no, no you're 100 percent right. The Mets haven't done anything wrong, but like at the same point, when you're up seven in the middle of August in terms of the loss column, when you're up ten and a half in June, you do expect to win it. Absolutely. And, They'd be well-suited for that best two out of three, but you want no no part of that best two out of three. And of people course. like us have Mets division tickets, so you know we don't we don't care how they, <laughs> they lose it. If they lose it, they lose it. Would you take a shot? If you had nothing in pocket, if you were totally neutral, would you take a shot at Atlanta here, uh, you know, plus 250 to win the division? Plus 250? I, I'm as, as you're talking about, I'm scrolling through the Mets' September schedule. It's so, so easy. easy. They, so like, easy. They get the point six and eleven. Times. I think I went through it. That's what I I I have them projected like twenty six and eleven, which would get them to one hundred and five wins. I, which remember they're nine and seven against Atlanta. There's no game one sixty three now. So as long as you beat the Braves one out of those three in Atlanta, you have the tiebreaker. That would make the Braves have to really uh, just go like you know twenty eight and eight something like that. If, which one hundred and six wins, which they could. they are more than capable of doing that. But just look at the Braves schedule for example. 
They have a series in Seattle, a series in San Francisco. They play the Phillies, it looks like, six, seven times. You know, it's St. Just, Louis this weekend. Yeah, I just I think the Mets have the easier schedule, and the Mets have proven they're able to beat up on the bad teams, which is yeah. kind of the secret sauce to winning a division in baseball. you got to beat up on the teams you got to beat and then, you know, hold the line against teams like the Braves. So I still like the Mets. I wouldn't rush to bet them at, you know, what are they, like minus 300? I wouldn't rush yeah. to bet that, but it's not like, oh, the Braves are this, like, they're going to run them down because look at the Mets' schedule. It's so easy. So what do you think? Magic number, of the, the winner of this division wins how many games? 105? I think 105, 105 yeah. 106. Mid-100s. So somebody could win 103, 104 and not win Crazy. the division, which is cruel. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, but the Braves won the World Series last year, so just give it to the Mets. That's a good way of looking at it. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. We touched on the awards. We have big favorites in pretty much all these categories. Judge, Verlander, Alcantara, Goldschmidt, which is just lighting fire to everybody's yeah. uh, NL MVP tickets. Anybody that you don't think wins, w would there be anybody you'd be looking to fade here? Can Judge lose just because I have Otani tickets? I can ask. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not. It's got to be tough. That's a tough guy to root against because it's so it's brutal. so emphatic. He hits them so, and they go so far. I sit Jason there on all the time. I sit there and I just every at bat for Judge, I'm just like, just don't hit a homer, just don't hit a homer, just, and he just racks him up crazy. I mean, Otani's probably drawing dead. It seems like the like the Angels gonna start resting him. It kind of looks like unless Otani kind of catches fire, I think that's drawing dead. I mean. It's not like a runaway award. I don't even know who's favorite at this point, but I think Michael Harris is – is he minus money now? Uh, it is Strider minus 137, Harris right, you know, even money. So I, I think Harris is going to run away with that award. Okay. I, I think, first of all, he has a higher war. And – oh, I, I know what I'll talk about. But Harris, I think, runs away with this award. Strider needs one bad start, and I think, like – it's the blow-up that happens. Harris, to me, guy's a monster, has hit clutch hits. I think he's going to end up getting the nod when, it, when it's all sent down. And typically, it goes to offensive players anyway. But AL Rookie of the Year, I saw this big shift over the past two weeks to Adley Rutschman trying to run down Julio Rodriguez. I think that's kind of like a misnomer by sportsbooks. What I saw that as more was Bobby Wood Jr., Jeremy Pena, uh, or all those guys aren't winning. So all the possible, like, Julio gets hurt and, like, hits, like, .050 the rest of the way, that's all, like, Adley Rutschman's probability now, if that makes sense. So, like, I see Rutschman now is in, like, the plus 300 range. I actually, like, don't think that's a good – like, you missed the boat. When he was, like, 30 or 41, I saw people talking about it. I was like, damn, that's a good bet. Like, I really agree with that. But, like, Julio Rodriguez, I know he's behind him in F4, but every single other stat is so far ahead for Julio because he has – a ton more at bats and stuff. He's 2020 as a rookie, one of the only guys to ever do that. I don't think it's close. I think Julio wins it unanimously, especially like if these two keep on kind of like the same line where they're both playing pretty solid. So like Rutschman, I think is like a, I don't want to say burning money because like he could obviously win. I just think at this number, you kind of miss the boat at like a good bet. Makes sense. Uh, we'll get ahead of ourselves, but it's really not because the Mets either way, they're going to be in the playoffs. Who starts game one, DeGrom or Scherzer? <laughs> I think it depends if they really take the the safety net off of DeGrom. You know, like, they really say, like, you're good to, like, go 100. You know what I mean? Like, if DeGrom is full send, he'll start game one. Because they've I been kind of, if... like, monitoring his stuff. Oh, I know. So, I don't want to – I'm not going to – I think if I were to say I go DeGrom minus 130, 
Slight favor okay. over Scherzer. Well, that'd be fun. Put out odds on that. Who starts game one? We can go full degenerate. That'd be great. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if a, a couple things. I wonder if it factors in in a short series. If you start Scherzer game one, you can bring him back quicker on like three days rest. If you're down two to one, something like that. Okay. I wonder. If that probably, I probably even think about that. You're probably right. And would they ever like an emergency? Hey, we're facing elimination. Would they? DeGrom's about to be a free agent. Would you no, bring him wouldn't. out of the bullpen? I, he, three he days not. rest. Are you going to push the envelope or no? Nope. He wouldn't do it. Do you think that's a team decision, a DeGrom decision? How do you, what, what makes you say that? Probably DeGrom decision. Just based on all his comments about his free agency and stuff, it just seems like he is very protective over this next contract and does not want to jeopardize him whatsoever. And he's like definitely opting out and stuff. I, I think DeGrom is putting himself before the team, unfortunately. What team do you think he's on next year? Hopefully not the Braves. Hopefully the Mets. I'll tell you this though, if DeGrom walks, Steve Cohen is gonna get someone else. He he will he'll pull in someone. Isn't Verlander a free agent next year too? I think he signed a two year deal. I'm not sure if there's an opt out though. If but if DeGrom walks, Steve Cohen will make sure he gets like Otani or something. He will find some other someone else. As crazy as it is, as great as DeGrom is, it might be the best move. Do you really want to give this guy he's gonna want a lot of years and a lot of money? Yeah. Do you trust the arm, the shoulder? Uh, he's he was healthy up until the, this last he's year. He's so, so good, though. He's looks so, so good. good. And he throws so effortlessly that maybe he can age well and hopefully these injuries. I, these injuries yeah. it's it's a tricky one. I don't, I'd obviously like to keep him, but I mean, we'll see. You got you. I mean, you know, Serge is not on the longest term deal. You guys see, I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on a different team, though. It's not something I'm like. Tying myself to like, I need Degrom on this team next year. You know, I'm I'm already kind of preparing for the exit. Interesting. Um, are you worried at all about Scherzer? He hasn't looked great. He hasn't missed a lot of bats the last few starts. He's older. He's had issues in the past, staying healthy later in the season with the Astros in 2019. Last year with the Dodgers, he couldn't take the ball late in the NLCS. Uh, level of concern here with Scherzer. No, I just think again, it's a long season. You, you know, people. I like it's a. I saw in the. Pete Alonso struck out against the Yankees on Tuesday. I can't even keep track of what day it is anymore. But Tuesday, and like he broke his bat, and they were talking about like Pete's in like a 155 slump the last 15 games. Like it's, I think people get too caught up in like 10, 15 game samples, if you know what I'm saying, or like two starts in a row. Like, could it be a trajectory that like heads down, you know, a negative trend towards the postseason? Like maybe, but like Scherzer's looked so good all year. I'm not gonna like tie myself to two bad. I wouldn't even call him that bad starts. He still went into the seventh inning. So I wouldn't say it's like that bad. But yeah, he's missing a few bats. His velocity looks a little concerning. But, you know, we'll see how he looks next start. I mean, guy's a maniac. He's going to want the ball. He also, I know it was due to injury, but his workload hasn't been as much as it was last season. So hopefully that kind of prolongs that, like, dead arm potential later in the season. So we'll see I I'm not I'm so confident in this Mets team I think that this is a damn good team and they've proven time and time again that they are resilient and they battle back so this doesn't again like we were saying before like blowing the division it doesn't feel like they're blowing the division though it feels like another really good team is just running them down and never loses that's kind of my biggest concern is that the Braves just don't lose it's like in basketball and other teams just shooting like 70 percent from three it's like what, what can we really do they're just yeah exactly yeah um how do you think the Braves order their rotation in the playoffs well, Soroka's rehabbing right now. Yeah, I don't, so, I don't know that he'd be in the mix, though. 
maybe bullpen guy. That'd be a pretty scary. Probably bullpen a bullpen guy. guy. Uh, you go Freed gets game one. Assuming not a wild card. Assuming like an NLCS. Freed. I wonder what they do with Schrider because he's a rookie. That's what I'm maybe, saying. Maybe go Schrider game two and then Morton game three. Yeah, that's what I think. Five Morton game three because game three might be more of a leverage game. Like more. Yes. You, the series kind of gets a little bit more odd number games to me. I, it, there's no reason why this, but odd number games always feel like the, here's the series right here. Like, you need this one. Joe Torre used to always say that, hey, I don't mind having my sort of semi-ace pitching game three because either way, it's a huge game. If I'm down 2-0, I desperately exactly. need it. If it's 1-1, it's a swing game and I need it. And if I'm up 2-0, you know what? Then then I'm in a good shape regardless and I'm going for the kill. So either way, that game three is huge. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's an interesting one. Uh, playoff opponents. Let's just start division series. I know how you feel about the Dodgers and the Braves. Between the Cardinals, who looks like they're going to win the division now, the Phillies, the Padres, who have played terribly with Soto. Uh, who who do you want to play in that division series? Who do you not want to play? Not the Cardinals. You don't want to play the Cardinals. Do not want to play the Cardinals. That is a team I don't mind playing it, them. What? I had a Mets fan. I had Jeff Parles on the other day. He's a Mets fan. He was saying the same thing, that he root very hard for Philly. I'm the other I, way. I don't oh, mind I'd playing the Cardinals. Play the Mets have had the Phillies number all season long. I know. The Mets it scares the Mets me for some reason. The Phillies. And, like, I guess the Padres, but, like, to me, and I could be eating my words because it's a division opponent and, like, they have some big bats and Bryce might be coming back. But um, definitely not the Cardinals and then either the Padres or Phillies. I guess the Padres could get hot. You know, that lineup has a lot of talent, but they look like they're drawing dead kind of everywhere. Just don't look like a team that has it against a team like, like, just look at the Mets and Padres, their full season sample size. Even if you want to look at the last three weeks where the Soto trade has happened, like the Mets are a team that they put the ball in play. They hit very well. They have a deep rotation. Uh, Their bullpen's a little shaky, but they have Edwin Diaz, which is good. The Padres, on the other hand, bullpen's not very good. Lineup can't hit. Uh... They find ways to blow games. You know, offense kind of just sputtering all over the place. I would just much rather be like if I'm the if I'm the Mets facing the Padres, not something I'm really scared about because what? DeGrom would be favored over Musgrove in game one. Scherzer would be favored over Darvish in game two. And then you just got to win one more of those three and then you're in the next round. So I'm not that afraid of the Padres. Totally agree. And it was kind of a hot takey at the time, but I said, you know, everybody's drooling over the Padres when they got Soto. I said, you know what? I'd still pick the Braves over the Padres in the playoffs. And now it's not even a hot take. Now it seems sort of obvious. Um, I, I don't even know Braves, Dodgers, who I would pick. I think I would pick LA, but I don't know that I'd bet it. I don't know that I'd feel great about it. There's there's something funky. It's a working theory me and my roommate have. There's something funky with the Padres. Forget the Tatis yeah. steroid thing. Like that, before that, some of these guys sign there and they fall off a cliff. They get hurt. Like the Angels. They Angels play like yeah, that too. Like there's a sneaky weird juju with the Padres. And again, I know it sounds like I'm just talking bad about them because Tatis just tested positive for steroids, which I don't even know if the Padres had much to do with that. But um, there's something funky with like guys that sign with the Padres and like it just not clicking. There's something. Yeah, that was right. Like, kind of like Angels of the NL. Absolutely. All right. Um. Before we get to the, the Durant stuff, just quickly, what would be your World Series prediction right now? Who, who plays who? Matt's Astros. Okay. Okay. I didn't pause there either. I was, no. I was a cop. You had, a, you had it lined up. You had, you had it ready to go. Uh, the Nets, is there any sort of betting angle for this now? People betting 7-1 to one are out of their mind. You, you had plenty of chances to get much better numbers. 
they, they could be in the mix. They'll be really good. Uh, there's a million ways it can go wrong. Durant's oh, yeah. missed games due to injury. Irvin's missed games due to a lot of things. Simmons, we know all of his issues. Even the guys like TJ Warren and mm-hmm. Joe Harris, those are guys that, that have had injury stuff. Uh, could I interest you? I, I know how you feel about it, but Nash, coach of the year, just because nah. of the narrative. It's usually yeah. a top two or three seed that wins the coach of the year. The narrative that he held it all together, it's a redemption story. There's a narrative angle there with Nash. You know what? So I'll tell you the bet I had in mind, and then we could go back to yours, because I actually think it would support the Nash 50-1 to bet. So, of course, like you said, this could go anywhere. I wouldn't recommend betting the Nets at like 7-8-1, to even though there is probably the most upside of any of the futures bets right now is to take the Nets, like a team that could jump from 7-1 to to 4-1. to You know, but like not much more there's not that much margin here to bet the nets at this price like you might as well just see it and take a slightly worse number just make sure it's okay um i know Kyrie has his issues i know simmons has his issues i know durant has his health issues i kind of think the nets are set up to have like a monster regular season me too their win total is 51 and a half and again i know this could all go sideways and durant could be a mess and he could want out very quickly and if if the Nets get off to a slow start, Nash probably gets fired. I imagine that was like a back, like behind closed doors concession. It's like, all right, if we're like 500 through 15 games or through 10 games, like we'll fire Nash. That will be our promise to you. Something like that. Wouldn't surprise me. But I kind of think this Nets team is currently constructed is built to rattle off like 58 games, assuming all is healthy. You have Kyrie, who's going to be on his best behavior, we think, we hope. Simmons, who... All indications are that he's going to be a full systems going. He's kind of a, like, he's built for the regular season. Loves to play in the open court. Great defender to push the ball. The Nets have so much shooting around him. Durant, obviously. I mean, the Nets were the for the one seed before Durant got hurt, and that team was kind of a mess last year. I read even play. And they were on a, I, I did the math before. I think it was like a 54, 56 win pace already. Win total is 51 and a half. I think if, if they all are able to play, I think that this team goes over that number. I think that they're going to be a top two seed in the East. And even more cause for that is I think that they have to get off to a hot start to kind of quiet the critics of the, the noise around this team from the offseason. If you look at the schedule, it can't be that way for the Nets to be like 12-4 and four through 16 games. They have a very easy schedule to start. They get like a Milwaukee-Memphis road trip in games three and four. But then it's like Indiana twice, Detroit. Uh, they get like Dallas at home. You know, they get the Knicks. So like, there's an opportunity for this Nets team to really build up some equity early, get like the good vibes going. Where quiet's kind of those Durant wants out critics, and now all of a sudden the Nets are fighting for the one seed all season. And they're kind of focused on that. So I think Nets over their win total might be the safest way to look at it. But that being said, if they do rattle off 60 games, does Steve Nash win Coach of the Year? Very good chance he does. Very good chance he does. So I guess the, I do agree. The stories there, the, the redemption. It's not about coaching. It's about stories. It's yeah. about and there's going to be. Hey, he held it all together. You know, there's going to be. A, he he's a, sort of a sympathetic figure. People like him anyway. But there's a sympathetic figure where you know his best player wanted him fired. Now he's a top two seed. There's definitely a path there if they're good. Now again, there's a hundred different ways where this can go off the rails and not work. But I, I'm with you. I think they're going to have a big time season. I think they're going to be like a conference finals, finals-ish team. I think they're going to be really good. I think that, first of all, there's another move to make for this team. I yeah. said this I said this before before it happened. First of all, 
if the Nets would, if Durant wouldn't have done this, the Nets would have had probably an even better offseason than they did because they had a pretty solid offseason. They brought in TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal. Um, I heard that they were in on a few other guys that really would have helped, but they need a big man very badly. More concerned that the starting five is going to be Bennett center, maybe next to Claxton, who doesn't fit at all. But December 15th, if they don't make a move now, December 15th, you could start. December 15th, I'm pretty sure. You could start trading Nick Claxton. You could start trading Patty Mills. Three guys I want. Miles Turner's obviously like the high end one. He's the price you want. Like, can you can you flip Seth Claxton and a, and a pick for Miles Turner? Seth Curry, unfortunately, is a little redundant. I really like him. That's not like a knock on Seth Curry. That's just kind of a we need you don't fit our team as much, especially because we re-signed Patty Mills for some reason. But can that deal work? Um, PJ Washington also works. And um, Naz Reed from the Timberwolves is someone I really want, especially with Gobert now there. Um, those are the Nets need a big man badly. So they have the assets actually to make another move. And I think that this team is only going to get better. Of course, I say this. It could all go sideways very quickly, and they could be very, you know, poorly coached, and this could be all be a disaster. So I know that there's a lot of downside with this team, but there's also tantalizing upside. Like, are we absolutely certain that the Boston Celtics are better than the Brooklyn Nets come springtime? The no, Celtics I just I trust Boston a little more. They're a little more reliable. Yes. I made this comparison the other day with with Nestor Cortez and Garrett Cole. It's probably not a great comparison, but like Cole's better than Cortez. I just like trust Cortez to not 100%. blow up and give up seven runs in the first inning where I know he's going to give me six innings, one or two runs. That's sort of where I'm at with the, uh, with the Celtics. Nets. I just trust them a little more, a little more stability. That's a hundred percent true. But let me ask you this. If Chris Middleton didn't slip in the first round of the playoffs, would you still think that the Celtics were more reliable than that's right now? Um, I don't know. I know people assume the Bucks beat the Celtics if they have Middleton and they might, but if you look at the margin of victory, the Celtics, even like they dominated that series, yeah. even more so than the seven games would, you know, just by point differential, things like that. So I, I get your point. I get your point. I just do think there's a little more, they have a higher floor, I guess. Is yes. To put it. hundred percent. They have a significantly lower floor because it includes like guys not on the team anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it includes I love the Nets, Phoenix, but I will say that the odds right now look correct. I think that I'm talking strictly Eastern Conference. It's Milwaukee and Boston, the Nets, like a little drop the Nets, a little bit more of a drop Sixers heat. Like I agree with that hierarchy. I think that you need to put the Nets ahead of teams like Miami and Philly because they have Kevin Durant. He's the best player. And you need to put them though behind the Celtics and Bucks because like you said, the Celtics are more reliable and the Bucks have Giannis. So I completely agree with where like the Nets are accurately priced at the moment. Yeah. Do I think they can win a title? Like, yeah, I think they can. Will they? I don't know. But, like, they have a damn good team. And, you know, I'm hoping media day is going to be a circus, training camp is going to be a circus. But, again, if this team gets off to a hot start, the, you're only going to talk about, you know, look at how good Ben Simmons looks. Look at how, like, connected this team is. Look at what happens when they can finally all practice together. Like, the winning cures all. So I think that a hot start is imperative for this team to actually get off the ground and work. I got, if this team starts like eight and nine, I'm not sure it's working out. 
All right, last one before we get you out of here. You uh, you really know your college football. You are a college football expert, I think it's fair to say. We got week zero this week. It's an ugly slate, but look, it's college football. It's on TV. We get to bet it. Who do you like? What do you got going on here, college football? Yeah, isn't it funny we talk about, like, New York sports and how I'm, like, the passionate Nets fan, but I actually bet college football, uh, <laughs> like, most regularly of any of the sports. So week zero, I mean, these numbers have been up for a while, so they're kind of stale and, like, I want to try and give out stuff that like could act okay so new mexico state nevada new mexico state is going to be terrible this year confirmed they are terrible nevada they have a higher win total but are we sure they're not going to be as bad as new mexico state they have the uh second lowest returning production in the entire country this season they have a first-time head coach they have like walk-ons in on their depth chart they have really unproven stuff their head coach from last year jay norvell left for Colorado State, took all his key players with him. So we really don't know the floor on Nevada. They're going to New Mexico State, who is also terrible, but they bring back 80% of their defense. Like at least there's something like there's some continuity there. There's some returning production. This number's open like 14 and a half in the like April. It's now at nine. I like it at above a touchdown. I actually think New Mexico State's live to win this game because we don't know the floor on Nevada. I'm almost certain they're not good, but we don't know, like, if they're, like, bottom five in the country bad or, like, bottom 30 in the country bad. And there's a pretty big drop-off there. I'm going to play against it in their first game and take New Mexico State at home over a touchdown. So, plus nine. I spring it on the money line, like, in the plus 275 range. I don't mind it. Uh, don't, like, it's funny. So, I premiered my show, The Early Read. Make sure you check it out on YouTube uh, over on BetSided. But... I had like my whole write-up for the Vanderbilt minus six and a half and minus seven against Hawaii. A half hour before the show goes live, Hawaii or Vanderbilt just gets absolutely pummeled. So now they're at eight. I made the game 10 and a half, 11. So I still think there's room on Vanderbilt. Hawaii has the lowest returning production. So again, we're playing against that. Another first-time head coach in Timmy Chang, a defensive-minded coach, returns a lot of production on the defensive line. I actually think that you're going to see them look more put together this year. Not that Vanderbilt's going to win a lot of games, but it's still an SEC lower-level school, the lowest level, I should say. So I actually like Vanderbilt, too. Kind of destroy Hawaii. Hawaii's in a complete rebuild. It's eight right now. I still think that's pretty good. I think they win this one pretty easy. This isn't like a look-ahead spot for Vandy. They've been thinking about this all summer. So you see Vanderbilt go across the, across the country here and kind of whoop Hawaii. So minus eight, still good to me. Reed, you're the best. You got to go. Let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Reed Wallach, uh, BetSided, B E T S I D E D. And yes, yeah, subscribe to our YouTube page, Early Read Live, every Tuesday, 1 p.m. Eastern, giving you college football winner. The biggest games that week. Reed, we'll catch up again soon. Appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, man. All right, thank you to Reed Wallach. That was a lot of fun. I think we'll be back tomorrow with a little bonus episode. Might have a special guest, so stick around, see who that is, see what we're talking about. See you tomorrow. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.